Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Holds Barred. I'm joined on the line again by Katie Montgomery. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Good. Uh, People who have been listening to all of the episodes that we produce will remember Katie because we spoke about your transition from who you were to who you're supposed to be. In Mm -hmm. detail, we we talked about your journey, the things you went through, uh, you know, as a child, as a a teenager and and, and into adulthood. And you went into admirable detail like lots of detail you know we talked about the tmi uh, well, that's no. my, my my strategy is people <laughs> ask questions i give them too much information so they stop asking them well that's great <laughs> that's great for me and great for the podcast because it's no good when you you get one word answers and, and as much information mm. as as possible is always a positive thing isn't it because part of this podcast is about being educated and and what I found fascinating by talking to so many people is I, I, under, I understand other people's plights much better than I did before mm. starting the podcast. So, But what we didn't get to do in the previous pod was talk about some of the intricacies of trans people, but also how they're grouped in with, with other groups and, yeah. um, and, and some of the activism that you've been involved in and, and why you feel so passionately about this, I guess. I, I found mm. it really interesting. I felt like it deserved a conversation on its own. So mm. I, I guess the, the first part of what I find confusing is the acronym uh, LGBT as it used to be, but now the full acronym is AG, uh, LGBTQIA which stands for right. lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, intersex, and asexual. Is that right? Um, yes, there is. There's often lots of groups. Um, sometimes people might extend it further with asexual or um, demisexual. And there's all there's all kinds of things which sometimes are worth considering in that group and um, sometimes aren't as worth, not saying it's not as worth focusing on, but yeah. aren't necessarily the focus of the discussion. Is it problematic then that, all of those people who identify in that way are in one group as opposed to just being grouped in a way that is specific to their feelings. Yeah, so I guess the reason that any, um, I guess, labels like this exist at all is because we want to be able to recognise prejudice and get equality for everyone. And 
the the sort of the thing you want to do to recognize when people have or society has these irrational prejudices prejudices is to like work out why what are, who are they prejudicing against and why um which is why we're aware of the fact that gay and lesbian and bisexual people have a different sexuality if if there was no prejudice on sexuality it might not even be something we talk about like we, we do have words for eye colours, but people don't really prejudice each other on eye colours, so you don't need to talk about, oh, blue-eyed people as, like, a group or anything. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so that that's kind of why we have, like, the terms, I guess, in the first place, other than just as descriptors. Yeah. Um, and the reason why lots of these um, sort of groups get put together into a larger group is because the prejudice often comes from a similar place. Um, yeah. There's there's lots of different complicated angles and you couldn't generalize all people who have some kind of negative view towards some kind of LGBT people in one. But there is a lot of um, the same similar themes um, across sexuality and gender and sex and stuff, um, which is basically if you don't fit into normal, then there's something wrong with you and you need to change as a person in order to fit in. Um, and, you know, the normal is the sort of traditional you are a boy, you turn into a man, you grow up, you marry a woman, or you are a girl, you grow up into a woman and marry a man, then you have children, and that's like, this the traditional family, but it's more than just a tradition, it's like a pressure that society puts on people, mm. and as soon as you, and that's fine, and if that's you, that's great, um, but if you just, that you don't feel comfortable with that, or that isn't who you are, because it's something you know, innate within you, like your sexuality or your um, gender or sex or whatever, um, then often you get a lot of pressure from society um, in order to try and be normal, you know, whatever normal is. And that's that's kind of why we discuss these, this group of people, all, all, even though there are separate things, like we're saying sex and gender is separate from sexuality. You can be trans and gay or straight or bisexual and you can be cis which is the opposite of trans and gay or straight or bisexual so they are separate things but they are linked because of the prejudice against those people is is linked okay um, so, so so does that sort of term or that acronym come from people within the group or is it something that's perpetuated by the media because it's easier to group those people that are separate from society um think? i guess it's a bit of both. I probably should have looked up the history. I'm not a, a historian on this term. Um, I couldn't say where exactly it came from. Yeah. But um, I definitely know that people, LGBT people, do talk about LGBT people. Um, we, Even if you're just one of those letters and you don't necessarily have friends who are you know, the other, in the other groups, you often have lots of shared experiences growing up being pressured or targeted for who you are and you know, having to try and understand yourself when there's no media representation of people like you um there's there's lots of sort of recurring themes and lots lots of the sort of bigotry that you face as well is the same thing um so i think people often uh, like people react to the word identify but you kind of do identify with um the the themes and understanding of other people who are also lgbt to an extent anyway mm. um so you mentioned about sexuality a couple of times there. So, mm. Lesbian, gay and bi is about sexual preference, whereas trans, queer, intersex and asexual definitely isn't. 
Um, well, just just to be clear, so um, asexual is to do with sexuality. What? Actually, yeah, um, sorry. yeah, sorry, I was just, that means, just thinking that means to so, have uh, no sex drive. Is that right, or to? Um, not necessarily no sex drive. It's a bit complicated, and this is why we end up with adding more and more labels on. Because if you say to someone, um, you know, what is your sexuality, they might say, oh, I'm attracted to men, so I'm a straight woman. Um, but then you might say, well, I wouldn't mind having sex with either men or women but I would only ever marry a man, for example. And then that's subtly different to someone who's maybe bisexual who would marry both or, the, mm. you know, it, you, it can't always describe yeah. all of the things. And you may get someone who has no sex drive, but they would happily marry a woman. Or you might get someone who, you know, does have a sex drive, but doesn't, isn't really attracted to anyone. So there's, it, it's, it, it gets quite messy if you try and describe it exactly. But Usually when people say asexual, it's I'm not attracted to, you know, anyone, men or women. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so and yeah, so there are it's definitely sexuality is one of the um, things here. And then the other one is kind of like gender or sex, depending on which of those words you want to use, which can be its own complicated mess. But um, yeah. yeah, certainly intersex and trans people are different from um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, pansexual, etc. To, to um, add another uh, sort of grey area to this, uh, mm. we spoke to a nurse who mainly works with uh, people who have HIV, and she, right. she's a part of the um, the process in in testing and then and then helping people cope with that diagnosis. Um, but she she said what one of the biggest at-risk areas or, or, or sections of society are men who have sex with men who don't necessarily consider themselves homosexual but right. actually okay. identify as straight even though they have sex with men and it's generally those that, that dichotomy of sexuality that, mm. that, is a, a, that, that put themselves at risk. So There's some... Um... Yeah, there's so many complicated pressures here because, you know, there's there's your sort of like biological drive, which says this person in front of me is attractive and I'd like to have sex with them. But then there's also kind of your intellectual and emotional drives. And then there's what you know that your friends and parents want. And there's what, you know, the society around you want. And the, all these things can push in different directions um, and make it people have interesting ways that they've described themselves, which wouldn't necessarily describe all of the parts of them i guess yeah um, I, I think um i think what this says is that there is a kind of very formulaic way that people and society think about sexuality and yeah and what drives us in that way um but the reality is that there is no there is no clear definition about what people are and, and what's normal and what what your desires are inside yeah and so that gives gives uh what gives reason to to the fact that there are now so many definitions about how people identify and and why that's quite important yeah um, and i think that sometimes if you're someone who um doesn't really know lgbt people or um you know you do you've just kind of grew up and you're a cis person and a straight person and you've just got married and whatever um it's easy to think oh you know they're just trying to come up with all these new terms and stuff but Really, if if you just respect that other people c can be themselves, then it doesn't necessarily matter. You don't need to understand 
the terms, mm. but it's just kind of interesting because it's like when someone says, oh, you know, it's just an extra feature about someone. You could say, oh, actually, you know, I'm asthmatic and that means I was born with this condition in my lungs and it's just an extra description about someone, um, which may or may not be interesting. Um, it's funny you yes. say that about, about um, asthma and, or, or whatever it is, like someone... Mm. Um, being born with one leg shorter than the other, or whatever, whatever that mm. might be, because it's a a physical challenge. Um, people are ready to accept it, but the minute yes, you sure. bring sexuality into it, then suddenly everybody previously not so much nowadays because people can become more understanding. Although we have some way to go, but mm. but it, it's like the minute you add that element to it, people lose their minds. Oh yeah, for sure. It's um. You always get people, I mean, it's, you know, um, sort of the traditional battle for um, gay rights is people saying, oh, being gay is a choice. Why would you choose to do that? Um, and they just can't accept that it's not a choice. Um, mm. And yeah, and, and it's the same, I guess, with mental health issues in general. People are, if you break your leg, people are very willing to let you have time off work and get benefits until you're whatever, until you get back to work. Whereas if you have... Um, depression or something which can be just as debilitating mm. um people aren't ready for that they assume you're making it up and that's also what they often assume about sexuality and gender and um and other things yeah um are, so are there issues within the lgbt group where they don't like to be attached to that and like it, i've kind of picked up on this through research that that lesbian women don't not not some some lesbian women have issues with uh, trans people identifying as women and they don't like the idea that there is such thing as uh, bisexuals and uh, am I am I I'm butchering this but <laughs> there's um yeah there's as well as the general struggle for every LGBT person to just be accepted by society there's all kinds of infighting um, between. LGBT people and even between just like just trans people um, and I think that to an extent that's normal in any kind of um, group of anything but also particularly in groups which are facing systematic oppression and you know struggling for equ equality um, when you have all these pressures from society and the outside world you have this view of like oh if we just did this people would accept us we'd just be fine and then when other people on your group aren't doing that you're like stop doing that and you end up attacking them more than anyone else because they're not quite following your vision to um acceptance and and certainly there is um some fighting between all of the various groups for other various reasons um you know prejudices i mean you can you can be a gay person you can be transphobic and you can be a trans person and be homophobic and you can be you can even be a trans person and be transphobic it you know there are lots of it sounds like a mess and it kind of is it kind of is just a mess but certainly there are um there are some um with every step there's kind of a next you know there's a next step and mm. some of the people who have just got rights they think well that's enough i don't want you know then they turn around and like pull the drawbridge up behind them 
Um, what well, I, I found kind of uh, confusing, and, and when I say that, I'm not using it as, as in, uh, in in the pejorative sense. I, I, I generally don't quite understand why mm. in the last couple of years there is this drive for people to self-identify as he or him or as they or them or as her or I'm, I'm probably missing some. What, what, what's, what's the, yeah. what, am I missing some? What? Oh, um, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, like different basically asking someone what pronouns do you want to use exactly so um, why why is yeah. that important um i mean i guess um an example of it um is if you went into work and talked to your mates one of your guy mates like pick like the you know the most manly blokey type guy and you just call him she for the whole day and her and yeah. just see how well that goes down um Not great. and 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 also not just because um, you know, sometimes calling men a woman is an insult and that's kind of sexist because being a woman isn't an insult, but also do the same in reverse. If you just pick a woman and just call her he and him, then, I mean, I think anyone, unless it's, you, you know, it's an in-joke, anyone's going to get offended by that if you're just saying the wrong thing about someone. I definitely can understand um, it in your instance as well because and other people that have transitioned mm. because it's important to you to be identified as her because that's what you are and what you always were so i mm. definitely understand that i can understand that um I, what i don't understand is why a, a cis which is someone who's born a male or a female and, and identifies that way right mm-hmm. um yeah. would feel, be compelled to do that as well or did it, does that not happen um well i guess you might get people who will you know, asked to be called different pronouns and not consider themselves trans. I mean, in a way, pronouns are just some language thing. And although we're very used to, you know, almost seems like second nature, natural, um, it is just a language thing. And it's not much different to changing name, although obviously it's more difficult in your mind because that's not how your brain's wired. But um, I think usually the people who will be sort of changing pronouns or asking for pronouns that you aren't necessarily sure what they're gonna say Mm. will be trans people yeah um and it's part of transitioning i mean there was a stage where if you looked at me on the street you wouldn't have assumed that i was anything different than just a normal cis man Mm -hmm. and there's a time now where if you look on the street and you assume i'm a woman possibly even a cis woman um and at some point in the middle you wouldn't have known what to assume maybe, or you would have guessed that I was a trans woman or whatever, or you just wouldn't have known. And you might have started talking to me and said, oh, you know, he thinks this. And I'd be like, oh, just so you know, I'm actually a woman and it would be cool if you could use she and her. And mm. that's it. That's it. There's um, the, the issue, um, and, and I, I wonder if you've ever had to be confronted with this, with it's called dead naming and misgendering, mm. where um, dead naming is when people refer to trans people uh, using the name they had before they transitioned, so their old name, uh, yeah. which I can imagine is really hurtful, and misgendering, which I, I guess would just be referring to the previous sex. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Or just calling you the wrong thing. Any, you know, in any situation, um, I think that there's different types of it. You know, if if someone who's known you for twenty years. Um, is talking to you and they slip up and they say your old name because it's habit or they say the wrong pronouns or you're talking to someone you've never met before and they get the wrong pronouns 
like it can be a little upsetting sometimes but in the end it's a mistake and people do say the wrong things and people make mistakes and all you can really do is just kind of move past it really as long you know if they know that and they're not doing it on purpose then that's fine if they continuously keep slipping up then you might want to say to them you know can you put a little bit of effort in to get my name right <laughs> yeah, yeah. um because you know it does happen um when i when i changed my name and i told all my friends some of them literally never slipped up once from the second i told them and others of them took months and that's you know just different people's brains but when people do it maliciously um then it's a it's a different different situation i mean to be honest when i encounter it online people often try and call me a man's name that starts with a k because they assume that all trans people keep the same first letter and don't ch and just change the rest mm. um and it's just kind of embarrassing it's just like it feel like a child you know when someone comes up to you and they're like oh well kevin this is what he thinks and like that wasn't my name come on it's just embarrassing you know i just feel like it's like a child calling me names um, um would you mind asking me what what your name used to be uh i'm not going to say okay. um i think that there are some trans people if you know a trans person well maybe who might be okay with telling you but it's quite um, a personal question it's quite personal and it's i guess it might even it's for a lot of people it's a rude question um really? okay it's apologize. so no that's okay well now you and your viewers know yeah. um it's it's kind of asking for um it's, it's not just asking uh, like a piece of, you know, um, history, which isn't very in interesting. Yeah, what's the date like of birth it, or something like that? Yeah, so, something like that, because it, there is some kind of power in it, I guess. Um, and also there's something which I've noticed, which is if you are talking to someone and they haven't realized that you're trans, then they'll just, they'll be saying, Katie and she and her, no problem, won't even be thinking about it. Mm. And you can just, they can then just become aware that you're trans. Mm. And then they start slipping up, and yeah. they weren't slipping up before. And it's because people do have a kind of a different view in their mind with whatever When it ultimately like, stereotypes it's about they have. just having a conversation with another human being, rather mm. than... Yeah, the, the... And, um, yeah and, and like someone's old name is... It's just kind of a bit overly personal, I guess. Um, uh, I hope this isn't too personal. Um, that's okay. <laughs> did, uh, like, w did you always feel like Katie was, was your name? Or, or like, how did you come to choose that? Yeah, so I guess it was difficult. Um, I, I had a few sort of rules on it. I didn't want it to be the name of any <laughs> of the girls I knew from school who I hated. And I, <laughs> I didn't want it to... Um, be any kind of like famous trans name um mm -hmm. like there's like i'm sure there are trans people out there with all, all different kinds of names and they probably picked unfortunate ones one of the ones i didn't want was caitlin because caitlin jenner had just come out mm. and i like i know some trans caitlins and I, i'm sure that <laughs> they're annoyed at caitlin jenner too just because it's it becomes like a sort of a celebrity trans name um well, of course and if you introduce and, yourself that way then that's that's the first person that comes up mm, yeah exactly and um yeah so i i i sort of just picked some names that i like the sound of and i asked my parents my parents actually said that i would have been called caitlin if i'd been born as girl wow um so <laughs> no and i didn't know that um so i i picked katie because it was one of the ones that i had um and 
it was similar to that. And I was just kind of trying out. I actually tried out Chloe first and um, went out for a few nights out with that and introduced myself with it. And it was all right. But then Katie was just better, I think. It's, it's just kind of what sounds right to you, really. Yeah, um, my, my daughter's called Chloe, so I think that's a good name. Okay. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Katie's not as good as Katie. No, of course, of course. But... Of course. <laughs> so, how was that when you you first started going out and introducing yourself uh, using the name you wanted to? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um... Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was quite exciting because yeah. at the time I wasn't out. I can't remember what I said on the last last episode, but um, I wasn't out um, to all of my friends. I was just out to a few people. And so we'd go to like a venue that most of my friends don't go to or go to another city or something. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just kind of a time to meet new people and experiment and explore myself and try and stop myself from holding myself back um must have been quite liberating and exciting yeah yeah it definitely was liberating exciting i remember the first um night out that i went out with like a group of friends um at all like ever um what you know when i got back from it the next day i like got totally drunk woke up the next day feeling really hungover but i just couldn't like stop laughing yeah because i just felt like so amazed that I had just taken this it felt like a risk mm. um and just kind of had a really good time and felt really free so yeah have you ever seen um Sense8 I haven't no but I have heard that it, um I think Jamie Clayton's in it maybe is it uh, Jamie Clayton Jay- uh, I'm not sure uh is that I'm not sure there's there's a, a lady that plays a, actually she's definitely she's she I think she's and that, uh, like she's trans um mm. she I, I was just curious because yeah it's jamie clayton yeah. yeah i was curious because it's excellent like me and my partner absolutely love it okay um but it, 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 we talked in the previous podcast about um how, how the media portray trans people 
Mm. And it's it's a like an amazing celebration of LGBT um just people that group really and and it's, mm. it's it's such a positive and powerful message that gets sent out um but i was curious to see as someone who, who identifies in the same way that the the what what you thought of that show given the fact that it was purely about encouraging acceptance and celebrating difference um but you haven't seen it so uh... i haven't seen it I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that there is a show that does that um or you know some shows that do that i'd be really curious if, if you ever did watch it to have a chat with you about mm. it because um, okay yeah it's uh it's um it's yeah it, it's fascinating so so what what are you pa- passionate about then what when like, your tweets in and in, in your your twitter account is very um political uh, mm. and you're you're constantly engaging in conversation that is what will attract a certain type of response <laughs> that might in for some people be triggering or or infuriating um mm. you you open yourself up to that by by engaging in in what is important discussion but, but what what why do you do that what drives you um i think there's like kind of three main things i guess one is that when I know about something and someone says something about that topic and they're wrong, I just kind of want to teach them or correct them, which kind of sounds a bit arrogant. But, you know, if you like one of my passionate things that I'm really passionate about is thrash metal. And if you just said something like, you know, oh, Slayer were formed in the 90s, I would be like, well, actually, like, <laughs> uh, like, this is a really interesting topic. And if you want to know more about it, I can tell you all about it. But um, yeah, and and people say a lot of nonsense about trans people, LGBT people. Um, and, you know, if someone just says, oh, being trans is a mental illness, I can say, oh, actually, that's false. Like, just so you know, now now you're a, a more knowledgeable person. Mm. But people will often argue that, and then that gets me going because I can't drop an argument. <laughs> um, another thing that I think is quite important or was important for me a lot more at the start was I just wanted to be as right as I could be. Mm. Um, and I guess, so I'm, I'm an atheist as well. And how I came to being an atheist was asking loads of questions. I talked to atheists, but I also talked to religious people, uh, particularly Christians, because they're the ones I knew and explored it as best as I can. And I just wanted to know what like the truth was. Um, and I could still be wrong, but like you can only find out that by finding out what the other arguments to the other side are and seeing if there's the holes in them and just arguing with people, I guess, is the way that I, I learn. And so when I first, when I was youngest, I, I think I was saying last time, I I was, I guess, transphobic and I believed all of these nonsense myths about trans people, that they're all crazy and all perverts and all this kind of stuff. And when I first discovered trans people that weren't like that, I wanted to find out the truth. So I went and engaged with loads and asked loads of questions and sort of broke down all my misconceptions. But then when I found out all these people who were like academically opposed to trans people rather than just gut reactions, I wanted to know if that was right. Because if if they were right and if trans people were wrong, then I didn't want to transition i didn't want to like throw myself into this and i also to stop you um when you say academically opposed what what does that mean Mm. um so i guess there are some people who are like trans people yuck and that's just 
some nonsense they've grown up with and it doesn't really mean anything and it's a gut reaction and they're just ignorant. But there are other people who may also think that, but they've come up with sort of a lot of, of apologetics to justify that. They might say, like an example might be someone who says, um, like, oh, I'm not transphobic. This isn't an irrational dislike, but trans people commit more crime than cis people or something like that. And that might be, they then will say that's their reason. They have a, a rational reason. And that's that's not actually true. But if you look at the right statistics in the right way or the wrong statistics in the wrong way, you can perhaps come to that conclusion. And there are some people who will be convinced through some kind of rational argument to be opposed to some form of trans rights. Um, and, and another complex one is sport, for example. If you showed someone some evidence and said trans women always beat all cis women in sport, then you'll just be like, well, I mean, if that's true, then I oppose trans women in sport. But, you know, it's not true and it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, but if, if the only arguments you've seen are that, then that's kind of like a an academic reason to oppose trans rights rather than just a gut reaction, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. just, you just touched on, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Caster Semen Semenya, Semenya yeah. who uh, transitioned into a woman and uh, she's a runner and she's a very good runner. Um, do, uh, how do you feel about that? Because they, I can understand, as someone who's as open-minded as I try to be, um, I can understand why biologically she would have an advantage regardless of um, the transition she's made. That, that, does she have an advantage? Is that, is so, that completely ignorant? Or? So, um, so Casta Semenya is an intersex woman, which is slightly different from trans women. So um, intersex is where you aren't necessarily born with... That this I kind of this is hard to describe. I'm not an intersex person, so I don't want to like say anything yeah, rubbish. Think, but um, like a really crude way of explaining it is um, like girls are born with ovaries and a uterus and a vagina, mm -hmm. and boys are born with penis and testicles. But sometimes people are born with some a different combination of those. Like you might be someone who's born with like a very extreme example might be someone who's born with a penis but not testicles and ovaries instead or something mm. like they're they're rare but there's all these different kind of combinations and i'm not exactly sure what you know what Casta semenya what her situation is mm -hmm. um but she is some sort of atypical i guess um setup of biological characteristics mm -hmm. um which is uncommon for girls and women um but I, as far as I'm aware, she's she was born and the doctor said, oh, it's a girl and she's now a woman. So she hasn't transitioned. But, um, she, you know, there was something that is like different about her. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, it, so, so I've basically, as a reaction to the news and articles and, and information mm. that's been spread about her, put her into a category that she doesn't belong in. And, be, right. uh, and and developed uh, an idea about <laughs> whether or not she should be able to compete with cis women mm. uh, and that's that's uh, alarming isn't it because it what what these news articles have done is they've they've gone down the easiest most 
sort of inflammatory and sensationalist mm. route when oh, that's definitely. not that's not the reality and i've mm. now because of that developed a, a, or created an idea about her uh that isn't true yeah um yeah and, it, and it's very complicated i mean i think that um the media loves to cause a scene uh, currently particularly in the uk the media is constantly attacking trans people with all this kind of nonsense i mean they'll they'll go completely out of their way i, I think a good example of it was a while ago um there was some like all of, me and my friends all woke up to the times or someone had some headline saying trans people want father christmas to be gender neutral and people are outraged by it and i we were like what why would why would it why does it make any sense at all like i'd never even i never even encountered someone who had even hinted at that and it was suddenly and it, like it was like some one person had said it as a joke in a tweet or something and then it just blew up because everyone was offended by it mm. um yeah and you know the media kind of hates trans people um, is, that, is that how you feel uh i think the uk media does and i particularly certain newspapers um re i mean really do there's there's some newspapers who have released an anti-trans article every single week or more for the last three, maybe four years now. And before that, they didn't do any. And some of them are just so uh, hyperbolic or just completely fabricated. A while ago, they made up that some horrible serial murderer or whatever, um, Ian Huntley was trans, and they just all made that up. And they all just decided that and they bandied that around for weeks and weeks. And it was all the talking points and all the transphobes are attacking me over it on the internet. And all of a sudden it just came out that they had just made it up and it just wasn't true. The, the, so the issue, I, I studied journalism at university because I, mm. because I did that, realized that I was never going to become a journalist. Um, and <laughs> what I understand about the media, especially print media, but it's, it's definitely forming in online media as well, mm. is that they probably don't actually, absolutely don't believe what they're writing but they understand the machine that they're feeding right and yeah. what's, what the, the the shame about that is that society is reflecting them and and giving them the uh um the ammunition to to produce these articles because they know there that there is a sizable minority that want to read this stuff um mm. and that we are we spoke in in the previous podcast about whether you 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 think that fundamentally people are, are good and you said mm. that they are so and i believe that too but it must be frustrating for someone like yourself to 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 accept the fact that newspapers will run these stories that are false and are massively damaging to a lot of people mm. because they know that they'll get ad revenue out of it it's yeah called, yeah it's 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 horrifying um and this is the, i guess this is my third point that i was going to come to which i was saying about earlier which is the reason why i kind of engage in this is that there is a a big misinformation like campaign or whatever you want to call it around trans people and there are people who genuinely want to take away our rights and it's not impossible i i think in the last year or so it seemed I mean, maybe you could say it was still unlikely. I, I'm a little bit pessimistic about it, but I am like genuinely terrified. And particularly recently where um, the Secretary for Health and Equalities or whatever has said some comment about um, banning trans women from women's toilets or something. And, you know, if they, if they brought that into law, it'd be 
it'd be horrifying for yeah. tens of thousands of people for me personally um you know i've, I've in the last few weeks i've you know, lost sleep over this and been quite stressed by it. And it it kind of horrifies me seeing where the newspapers have so much power. They can say, so like, most people don't know a trans person and most people don't care, and that's fine. But um, that means that the newspapers can just say something and you just kind of absorb it and just take it on uncritically. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll say something like, oh, you know, half of all trans prisoners are sex criminals, and then you're just like oh, that kind of makes sense. Trans people are perverts, whatever. And then you don't think about it. And then when you hear something saying, should we ban trans people from the toilets? There's something in your mind that's like, oh, well, most of them are perverts. So makes sense. And you've never seen the fact that that original statistic is made up and the words they used were really inflammatory mm-hmm. and that wouldn't justify banning the thousands and thousands of trans people who would not criminals from the thing they already do every single day of their life without an issue. Um, but it's so easy to, especially with such a small group like trans people, it's so easy to just create these big like um, misinformation campaigns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's one of the things that keeps me going is, you know, you just see, you just see people say something and I know, like, I know exactly where this has come from because I know I, you're like, repeating this certain phrasing which was in this headline from this article and just like oh it's so frustrating mm-hmm. um you, so uh, when, when thinking about what we were going to talk about tonight and our, 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 uh, mm. our previous podcast um one thing that kept coming into my head is that you you look like a woman okay so if if i saw you walking down the street i wouldn't even probably wouldn't even uh, acknowledge you'd just be another person, you know, you'd, you'd be mm. a woman walking along. But there are some people who are trans, who have, have, have transitioned later in life, which meant they were less able to develop the feminine uh, features that would enable them to, and I, I think this might be an offensive term as well, but to pass. Yeah, well, it's not necessarily offensive. I think some people would say it was, and some people would say it wasn't. Um, yeah, passing is the term that most people use, I think. Which is yeah. that you can pass as a female, ultimately, or, or pass as a yeah, man. Or, or, or even just pass in society, as in pass by without harassment. Um, yeah. You could yeah. look at it. So, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, so, so like, like they, you know, I, they, are, they are female, and they would find it difficult if they look masculine still to use a toilet that they feel most comfortable in. That's mm. that's a very real thing that's happening every day, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I was saying earlier, there was a, a period where I wasn't, you know, I wasn't passing at all. Then I was passing a little bit to people who didn't look closely. And then I was passing more in, you know, until I talked or, you know, all these different things. And it's very subjective and it's very gradual. And, you know, trying to draw a line on that is just kind of impossible. Mm. Um, but... I mean, the laws we currently have, we've had since 2010. And before that, there were no laws at all just relating to which places trans people can use. And there are tens of thousands of trans women in the country and we all use the toilet every single day. Um, So there isn't actually like a a measurable issue. You know, anyone who's saying otherwise, I would say, is um, going off fear or inventing it. which is what the newspapers kind of try and stir up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I can I can sympathise with someone who knows nothing about trans people, 
and then they see someone who they instantly clock as trans because this person doesn't pass. Um, and they're just like, oh, the only thing I've heard about trans people is they're all perverts. And now there's one here in my toilet. Um, like, then they might feel uncomfortable or something. And I mean, that it is a rational prejudice, but it's from ignorance rather than malice. Yeah, um, okay. yeah that but makes sense it's it's still just it's very difficult and this is kind of the power the media has um you know if they did a film where there was a trans woman in it who didn't pass and was normal then and they didn't even really talk about it then maybe people had kind of subconsciously on board that but well that's that's just going back to um to sensei is that's exactly mm. what they do like this you're 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 kind you're kind of aware of it, but it isn't the center of this character. Mm. It, 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 it's irrelevant. And what's really interesting about it is that she is in a relationship with another woman who is, uh, well, I guess she's a lesbian. Although, again, they never, yeah. never talk about that. Which, <clears throat> you know, something we touched on in the last episode is that it isn't as straightforward as as um, a, uh, a, a woman who has transitioned up fundamentally fancies... A, uh, a a man um but yeah to, just to, just to go back to it is like it, it was really interesting this that, that, mm. that they didn't bring this up and it, it wasn't important it wasn't what she could do or her superpowers it's all about superpowers mm. and, and all that kind of stuff yeah that's why i haven't watched it <laughs> you're not into that <laughs> no i'm not a superpower person no well i mean yeah, oh, i am okay Okay, <laughs> that's fine. That's good. Uh, I've got two more questions, um, okay, and then we can yeah. finish. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about, but uh, drag are drag queens problematic? I'm not sure if um, you can answer that freely without offending people. That's um, it's it's definitely uh, a point of contention in the LGBT community. Full stop, and particularly in the trans one. I think that um, if you I think one of the issues that trans people often have with drag queens is less an issue with drag queens and it's more with the general public not knowing the difference. Yeah. And that's certainly something I felt early on in transition. I didn't want to stand anywhere near drag queens or any anything like that. You know, if I went to a gay bar, I wouldn't want to be near them because I just wouldn't want someone looking across the room and seeing the two of us next to each other and assuming that we're both the same. Yeah. And that's that's my own problem and that, that is rubbish because you know there's nothing wrong with them and there's nothing wrong with me but it was it was an insecurity that i had and i think now i wouldn't have that issue mm -hmm. um and then i think another aspect of drag which the lgbt community internally fights over is whether it's sexualized or not and i think that lots of drag performances can be sexualized and can be like for adults and yeah. okay. others can be just not i mean you get pantomimes with basically with drag queens in them you know whatever they're called where yeah, I understand yeah. yeah and um and that's for children so there's nothing inherently about a man dressing up as a woman or a woman dressing up as a man whatever that means being in a like over the top way there's nothing about that which is inherently sexual but historically it's definitely had sexual parts which can cause you know, cause people to fight amongst themselves, I guess, about whether that's appropriate or not. Yeah, okay, I, I understand. Uh, mm. And I mean, from from my perspective, every time I've seen 
I, I don't, I don't think I've actually seen a drag show in real life, mm-hmm. but uh, it's always for, seems like comedy rather than mm. anything else. But I, I, I probably haven't seen enough to uh, to, to comment properly. Um, the final question is uh, on your Twitter, and if people want to go and follow, it's at Katie Montgomery, and what uh, that's spelled M O T G O M E R I E. Um Your your the interaction on your tweets is unbelievable. <laughs> like I I, wor- I previously worked in with influencers, and I worked for a sport company that would put mm. brands in front of people with active Twitter accounts and they get paid hand- handsomely for it. And, and I'm, I'm not suggesting this for you at all. I'm just saying <laughs> your, your interaction on almost every tweet is fa- like insanely high. The, your engagement, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or how Twitter works, but you, your engagement on your tweets is, is really, really, really impressive. So you're, mm. you're definitely doing something right. But my question <laughs> is, uh, why is there an ant next to your name? Oh, it's uh, it's a grasshopper. Well, oh, um, sorry. <laughs> so that's right. Well, I guess it, I don't know. It's just a bug emoji. Um, so I quite like insects. It's another thing that I'm passionate about. I guess I just I like all animals, and I just think insects are cool. Um, and um, another name for a cricket, which is like a grasshopper, is a Katie did, and I thought that was good. Nice. So that's that's pretty much why. Oh, that that um, makes sense. And and, yeah. and finally, uh, you've got a metal band? Yes, I have. And I'm we're gonna... just about to release an album Amazing. called Dehumanaut. And it's a mix of thrash metal, death metal, doom metal and swing time, um, which is the interesting spin on it. Um, the, our album's called Dust in the Giant's Hand. And um, yeah, we're, we're just uploading it to Spotify and iTunes and stuff like as we speak. So that's uh, look out for that. And Katie, I think the correct term is shreds a guitar. Is that right? <laughs> that, yes, I love the word shred. It's one of my favourites. Um, uh, yeah. uh, just want to say, Katie, thank you so much for giving your time once again. These That's have been okay. really, really interesting. And, Thanks and for think, having me again. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's an important issue and, and one that's very interesting to me as well. So, um yeah, and, and and I'm sure we'll speak again. I've got so many more questions, but you know I don't <laughs> want to take up too much of your time. So yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you, Katie, and hopefully you speak soon. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.